Hey everybody, and welcome to Anime Stroganoff. I am Eli. And I'm Lyle. And today, for the wonderful month of Spooptober, we're going to be talking about zombies. Right, so, I could literally talk from now until the heat death of the universe about <laughs> zombies. Just look at, like, the Wikipedia page listing zombie movies, and you'll you'll drown before you'll die of like boredom before you reach the end of it all right people are obsessed with zombies and some people are weirdly obsessed with zombies i'm not talking i'm talking about the people who like the zombie romance movies but all right but let's just get a get a brief brief background here so it would not sorry it would not be a controversial statement to say that the modern zombie film uh began in 1968 with George Romero. I mean that's that's about as non-controversial a statement as ever been said on this show before. 1968, George Romero, Night of the Living Dead. Which, and like I said, gonna avoid getting into the history of this. Uh, the original zombies were... Originally, Romero didn't even really want to use the word zombie, which is kind of a reason why most zombie films don't use the word zombie. Because he didn't consider them zombies. He was mostly more inspired by vampires. Actually, the book, um, not Omega Man, I think that was the movie adaptation they made that one time. I Am Legend, yeah, I Am Legend. Not the movie adaptation with Will Smith. Uh, <laughs> the book, which was originally about vampires. He's inspired a lot by that. Also, you know, somewhat by the classical Haitian variety of zombies, but... Anyway, to make a long story short, uh, Night of the Living Dead is a cinematic masterpiece and was kind of a subversive masterpiece when it came out. This is 1968, and for 1968, the idea of a horror movie was a whole lot more of the person in rubber costume variety. And so, when you had... They used actual entrails in this movie. They, the, the, they went to a slaughterhouse and picked up pig entrails. So, when you see... And they covered them in chocolate syrup for blood. So, when you see them messily, you know, devouring... They're, they're eating cold pig intestines with Hershey's syrup on it. That was terrifying. There were children. There were small, like, six-year-old children watching this movie. Because this was, uh, this was before the MPAA. I think this was actually about a month before the MPAA <laughs> went into effect. So there were no ratings. So they're like, oh, it's a horror film, you know. You know, the, the kitties will be delighted when the monster jumps out of the closet and scares everybody. Cue little Susie murdering her mother with a garden trowel. 
But, uh, so yeah. The shock value in that, my god, you know, this could actually be frightening. Uh, it changed horror forever. And also, for 1968, having a uh, black guy, an African-American, as the star-leading role was also controversial. Uh, that was not by intention. That was, hey, this guy gave the best performance, so screw it, he's our main character. And then the main character dies at the end, which is also shocking at the time for 1968. The main character can, you know die and fail through actions of no consequence of their own. So yeah, Night of the Living Dead. Spawned an entire genre and remade another entire genre in its image. Uh, as my, I, I, well, I don't, it's not that I don't like using the word masterpiece, but if masterpiece ever had a place to be used. This is most certainly one of those occasions. But after that, you know, George Romero spawned his own little universe, and you had the heyday, the initial heyday of the zombie film. Then it kind of, you know, went quiet for a while. And then, you know, it comes right back. Uh, you know, after dying in the 80s to 90s, it comes right back in the early aughts with uh, Shaun of the Dead and the remake of Dawn of the Dead. And then, you know, you had Zombieland. Shaun of the Dead and Zombieland are... Excuse me. Amazing action comedy films. Uh, that more or less dared to ask the question, Yeah, it's the apocalypse, but you can still have an absolute fun romp of a time, right? I actually recently, just this week... Use this as an excuse to watch Zombieland double tap the second movie for the first time. Which, in and of itself, made the bold, uh, asked the bold question of, why can't we make a sequel to a movie that hasn't been out for ten years now? And what if that movie was actually good? It's basically the first one, but... It's basically the first one. But uh, Western zombie films, obviously, tend to be much more action-oriented. Not not so much Shaun of the Dead. So mostly, mostly the American zombie films are much more action-oriented. Partially because it would be weird if in America, like, the main character was able to throw a gun. Or, sorry. In America, the main character was able to throw a rock and immediately find a gun somewhere in the vicinity of where it lands. Whereas in Shaun of the Dead, they're having to beat zombies with pool cues. Or one of my favorite zombie films of all time, uh, The Night Eats the World, the French one. Dude has a single double barrel shotgun that he, that he basically loots from an old guy. And that's the sole weapon he basically has the entire film. And he's not exactly very good with it either. So yeah, Western Western zombie films, fantastic. I mean, it's kind of kind of the bread and butter. Uh, Eastern zombie films. Actually, you know, let's let's uh, let's let's circle back. Actually, uh, Night Eats the World. 
That's a movie that I'm still actually hung up on to this day. I watched it quite a while ago. It came out in 2019, I think. Uh, French zombie film. And it's very much more of a classical horror type rather than the action-oriented, as I've said, in that it's a guy who finds himself in an apartment building, waking up the next day after a rager of a party, to find out that, well, France is zombies. So he has to barricade himself inside the apartment building and then deal with the slow existential horror that is not being able to leave your house because you will die. This was made in 2019. It's oddly prophetic. I think it was 2018, maybe. But yeah, that movie delves entirely into the psyche of the, you know, lone survivor, you know, having to fend off the hordes of the undead. But uh, it's also one of the few horror movies I found that was actually somewhat frightening in that it had a creeping sense of horror and dread, which I suppose is what makes a horror movie horrifying, but... But yeah, Night Eats the World. Cannot recommend enough. The audio mixing is for shit. <laughs> I don't know if that's just... I got a like bad copy. But uh, the audio mixing is not very good. Other than that. But yeah, so... Eastern zombie movies, on the other hand... It was very difficult... Well, not just movies. I also had to delve into, like, you know, manga and TV shows, but... It's a lot less zombie apocalypse and a lot more zombies used as plot devices. You know what I'm saying? A little bit. It, it, it actually made this very difficult to research because you're trying to look for, like, zombie apocalypse manga. And it's like, you know, zo you want a zombie manga? You can go watch... Uh, the, or go read or go watch Is This a Zombie? You, you know the one where the dude's a zombie and then he's also a magical girl and yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good, it's a very fun time, but it's a very Oh dumb. yes, absolutely. That's not like, I mean, it's literally, yes, a zombie, but that's not zombies. That's like the one dude. Or any, basically, like, any form of the undead. Like, oh, hey, this character, they're, like, a form of the undead. Like, it's, this is a zombie movie. I'm like, no, no, it's not. Where are the undead hordes coming to eat your brains or do anything bad to you? We've got, in terms of good, accessible, because part of this is also trying to get your hands on things made in another country in another language. We've got, like, one good, accessible, modern, eastern zombie film. Aficionados of the genre will probably know what I'm talking about. That's Train to Busan. It's a Korean movie. Came out in 2016. 
and I mean it's it's absolutely amazing. The the few like Korean movies that I've seen like make it over to America and have a huge splash are always amazing, which I guess that's confirmation bias, but whatever. I mean, America in general seems to be having a thing with Korean media at the yeah. moment. Well, I mean, when you consider Squid Game is super popular right now, uh, Parasite, I think that won uh, an Academy. Yeah, Award no, it won an Oscar. It won Best ago. Picture, I believe. People oh, were pissed. Shit. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was one of the, it was one of the greatest moments of my life. <laughs> watching people get watching people get so salty over the fact that a Korean movie won Best Picture in America. I'm saying that because Parasite absolutely deserved to win. <laughs> anyway, this is this is not the time nor place to talk about my feelings toward the Oscars. Spoiler alert, they're not positive. But uh, Train to Busan. God, that movie was a kick in the ass. So, part of this is also something I noticed, because this is after I watched Snowpiercer, which I believe is also Korean. It's either like Korean or French Korean or French inspired by in French adaptation of a Korean thing. Close enough. Anyway, so I'm like, so basically, if there's a train in a, in a Korean movie, uh, you're going to die. So they're on a train and then there's a zombie outbreak. So they decide to keep riding the train because then the line is in Busan where the military has set up a safe zone perimeter to keep all the zombies out. And along the way, you have a huge cast of characters who, you know, I mean, they get picked off one by one. Everyone, you know, I am not going to explain to you the plot of the movie. It was on Netflix. It's no longer on there. Um, don't know where you can watch it, but uh, absolutely, again, worth a watch. That that movie hit me right in the feels, especially with the ending. Good God, that ending. But uh, yeah, best... Well, one of the only, but also one of the best uh, Eastern zombie films and one of the best zombie movies in general. But, uh, so yeah, it was very hard to find, just like trolling through like anime and manga and stuff, to find like proper zombie apocalypse stuff. It's almost always either a plot device where there's just zombies there, or like the zombie apocalypse is never really a present thing in it, and so doesn't really have too much of an effect on the plot. But I was able to find a couple. I was able to find a couple. Uh, one is something called uh, Magical Girl of the End, which I don't know what word. I've only been able to read the first few chapters of a lot of these. So this is very... I went broad, not deep. But uh, just from the first few chapters... It's incredibly intriguing. It's some sort of quasi-zombie apocalypse that appears to be brought on by magical girls who are also, like, got zombified, and now they're, like, killing people in their zombified forms. 
and then those people are rising up as like their undead thralls. So you have magical girls, zombies flying throughout the city and massacring entire blocks of people, and then raising them as zombie thralls. It was weird, but it's, I mean, the concept alone is intriguing. Huh, interesting. That's the one that's, uh, that was done by the creator of, uh, Magical Girl Sight. Is it? The one, yeah, the one about, uh, depressed magical girls. This guy has a thing for magical girls, and I don't mean in a good way. <laughs> Uh. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure where they're going with it. Last I left off, I think it was in just like the first couple chapters, they were laid like just managed to escape the immediate like city part that they were in. And they're looking at over the destruction and realizing that just like the human race is doomed. So off to a real cheerful start. I will say I, I heard somewhere that th- that magical girl of the end or whatever it's called uh yeah magical girl of the end and magical girl sight are related somehow i think there's like some greater scope stuff going on in the background but that's not super important to what you were talking about just like making a note yeah. about that but i mean like i said it's this is probably one of the best uh, zombie apocalypse as a plot device rather than just like the main plot itself which it also I guess kind of is the main plot itself but you a significant portion of it seems at first glance to also be the mystery of why it's going on they spend a lot more time on the why than you would expect from most other zombie things most zombie things tend to just go like oh hey it's zombies you know how zombies work right Dawn of the Dead tried to do something with maybe the zombies actually aren't like a virus and maybe actually be supernatural in origin. And there were like hints in the movie to that effect. Pretty interesting. But yeah, for the most part, it's always like, oh, there's a virus. It makes people into zombies and also raises the dead somehow. And then there was a Chinese manga which at first I thought it was a webtoon, but I actually couldn't find it on webtoons because it's, it's that long strip format style. Yeah. Apparently I, I could not find it on a webtoon. It may be on there. It may have only it may have started on there and moved somewhere else, but uh, that one's basically like Metro 2033, but zombies. Uh, that one's kind of interesting. So I'm pretty sure... I'm not I don't think the translation I got was the best. But uh I'm pretty sure that the zombies in that one came about as a result of a attempt to develop a genetic bioweapon which they succeeded and they deployed it but like the 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 launch rocket failed and ended up spreading it over like the launch area it's like several hundred kilometers and then it got into the atmosphere and then it mutated, and it came down in the rain. And now the entire surface of the planet Earth is contaminated in zombie juice that if you get it on you, turns you into a zombie. So then everyone now has to live underground in metro tunnels. 
It is it is basically Metro 2033, but zombies. And uh, it's decently interesting. I I had it's a lot longer than I would have preferred. I was able to get through like five chapters, and like the main plot is still yet to get going. Because I think like the main plot has to do with people getting like kicked out or like escaping and having to like try and like survive and piss about on the surface or something. That has not happened yet. That one is very slow. Very slow. But, um, probably going to keep reading that one too, just to see vaguely where it goes. And then, of course, there's another one that I've only been able to read one chapter. That's because I, I deliberately didn't continue on with it, because I want to have a proper sit down and read, not just, like, glance through it for the topic of research. Something called I Am a Hero, which, best I can tell, the zombies only. I, I'm literally basing this off a single chapter in a description, but there may be something with like a parallel world that only comes out at night and like only this guy is aware of. That the zombies exist within and are like trying to bleed over into this one, and there's some sort of like in his mind or something. It's really freaky, um, really cool, really interesting. It's 264 chapters. Uh, probably gonna take a very long time to read through, but I will absolutely do that because uh, my interest is peaked. It is some sort of thing. And then, of course, there's the giant elephant in the room, which is School Live, which I've done an episode on. <laughs> uh, more about my feelings on School Live there, but a brief recap. School Live is amazing. Go watch it. The, the manga is also much longer and... Di well, it doesn't diverge from the anime it came first. The anime diverges from it, but I feel like the anime diverges from it in a good way. The manga goes on to uh, have all sorts of other stuff and go deep into like the conspiracy behind the zombies. Because, of course, there's a government fucking conspiracy. <sighs> yeah, so, school live. Which also, incidentally, the anime of School Live, uh, one of like two actual legitimate zombie apocalypse animes I've ever managed to find. The other was High School of the Dead, which I was wondering when you were going to mention that. <laughs> I had to read down into my notes for it. High School of the Dead. I have not watched it. I have no plans to watch it. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's terrible. Because I have not watched it, and therefore I don't think I have the proper standing to criticize it to an extreme extent. But, um, I've seen the clips. <laughs> I've, I, I, I've seen the clips. I've seen the evidence. Uh, you know, it's probably a little like a funny, you know, action zombie comedy romp, but, uh. 
when the gynaxing is to the point where you can literally fire a gun and the bullet will travel perfectly between someone's breasts. Not not like down the cleavage, like across. That's uh, that's where I draw a line. I I have few standards, but this this somehow this somehow fails to meet them. That it just looks fucking stupid. <laughs> it looks like a good. Looks time, like it'd be though. a good time, yeah. But it it looks like the kind of thing where you get some friends. You get intoxicants, and you all sit down and just put it on. Oh, absolutely. And you... <laughs> Which, as I've said, you know, Shaun of the Dead, uh, Zombieland, both of them. There's some other zombie comedies. Uh, they're great times to have with friends. Uh, Shaun of the Dead is actually the first in the Blood and Cornettos trilogy. Uh, so Hot Fuzz and The World's End. Those three movies. Plus the epilogue in the form of the movie that is Paul. I don't really like that one. Uh, yeah, so yeah, no, Shaun of the Dead, that's um, absolutely fantastic. It's also a nice uh, low-budget British take on the zombie apocalypse. Which is today, basically everyone just sort of sits around and waits, <laughs> waits for it to happen while having a cup of tea. <laughs> I also love how that one takes the zombie apocalypse with logical conclusion in that they're slow-moving shamblers, which means that they actually, the whole apocalypse gets resolved in, like, a day. <laughs> they just call in the military, they take care of it real fine. There's also the 28, the 28, the 28 days? Or would you just call it the 28 franchise? There's 28 days later and 28 weeks later. Those movies are also British. Those had a profound impact on modern zombie culture. Because those did not invent the the fast zombie. But they popularized it. Which kind of... They also helped popularize the still-living zombie because... That's another one where the creator didn't count them as zombies because... Uh, they're still living... And they can be killed by normal means. Which is also how they're able to, you know, sprint and stuff. Because they're, they're, not, they're not rotting corpses. They're actual people with no sense of pain. They also wonderfully explain how, in 28 Days Later, how, you know, <laughs> in a, you know, a zombie apocalypse managed to completely overrun the entire country. That's because infection from start to finish lasts about 30 seconds. And it can be, it comes from a single drop of blood, of infected blood, or saliva. A single scratch, a single bite. Uh, we see a guy get infected because a bit of blood dripped on him from a bird that was scavenging the bodies. Literally, anything in this apocalypse can transmit the virus to you and infect you. Which is taken to its own logical conclusion in that film by the virus spread so quickly that they just quarantined the entire island of Great Britain and waited for it to burn itself out. Which it did. And then came the sequel, 28 weeks later, in which 
you know, they're cleaning up the, the island, all the, you know, the British people who survived in it and happened to be not home at the time, like visiting Spain and such, are coming home to rebuild and recreate Britain. And then it turns out that there are people who are asymptomatic carriers of the disease. And those dumbasses bring the disease to France. And now it's on mainland Europe. And now it's spreading like wildfire. And the last shot is uh, of zombies just tearing apart France. There's, there's Oddly prophetic. <laughs> there was supposed to be a third one. I think it was supposed to be 28 months later. In which the zombies have now advanced as far as Russia. But, uh believe that franchise is kind of struggling right now. Shame. Those are good movies. 28 Weeks Later isn't as good as 28 Days, but um, it continues to take... Eight, well, not logical, because like all zombie films, people have to be dumb as bricks in order to have a zombie film. But the fact that the zombies are still living means that the military just starts using chemical weapons on them. Uh, when I could go on and on about the things I, I hate in 28 Weeks Later, which I'm pretty sure may in fact have been intentional or unintentional, but picked up on by me. But then I'd be ranting here for another, like, ten minutes. But yeah, 28 Weeks Later, 28 Days Later, those movies, fantastic. Shaun of the Dead. The, the British zombie films, there are more, I think, but French zombie, well, the French zombie film. Western zombie films, Eastern zombie films. Oh, yeah. I, I skipped over this in my notes. What the, what is with those, I, I have no way to put this other than what is wrong with the people that want to, like, date zombies? Like, you remember Warm Bodies? Vaguely? I never watched it. Unfortunately, I did. Oh. You have my sympathy. <laughs> Thank you. <sighs> I blame Twilight. Not, not, it's not entirely Twilight's fault, but I blame Twilight. As Twilight's not the... Twilight's just the symptom... Not the not the not the disease, but of people like trying to romanticize and fetishize monsters. Especially since in warm bodies they are like zombies. Like they're they are dead. What I'd say I draw the line at necrophilia, but no, I draw the line actually much further away than that. It's just at that point, you know you're significantly far over the line. I, I'm just trying... I, 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 I purged that movie from my brain. And then, because of this, I had to remember it. And... Whose idea was it to make a romantic comedy involving zombies? Not, not just a romantic comedy involving zombies, but where a zombie is the love interest. And also, apparently, the power of love brings people back from the dead. I feel like we would have noticed that at some point in the past however many hundreds of thousands of years of human existence. 
But no, you don't get it. It's 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 so much power of love. The zombie sees a girl blowing like... people, blowing the zombies' heads off with a shotgun. Instantly goes, "My God, my blood is flowing again into strange places." <laughs> no, not even a chuckle. All right. <laughs> no, I I, I gave it a silent groan. <laughs> That was, uh, uh, uh gross. <laughs> I I just find it strange that people took the zombies are as a metaphor for various societal problems, and then decided that zombies should be used as a metaphor for societal problems that aren't bad which i mean if you basically twist them to the point where like oh they don't have to like actually consume the flesh of the living and they're not driven by the power of evil and they're not created because hell ran out of room because of all the sinning on earth and now we're being devoured by our own hubris and hedonism yeah i guess if you take all that out uh, you can try and make them in a metaphor for homosexuality or something, but why not literally anything else that doesn't conjure up the pop culture of definition of, like, mindless, shambling evil? I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice at that point. Maybe this is just me being a being an old guy. Quite possibly. I'm in my um, 20s, but I have the soul of an 80-year-old man. <laughs> That's got to be uncomfortable. Ah, it's fine. Um, um, I know that you've mostly been talking about zombie movies and whatnot. Um, but, like, could video games have influenced some of that pop culture uh, view of zombies where it's not the living, not the shambling monstrosities that are a metaphor for something or other, but just kind of like an enemy to kill? Uh, that is part of it. Resident Evil is actually considered Resident Evil, uh, which originated in, in the East, actually. Yeah, it's oh. uh, oh yeah, not Konami. It's right. Com Comcat? No, not Comcast. Uh, Capcom. Capcom. <laughs> I always forget about yeah, that. Yeah, no, they. Yeah, no, they. They're one of the Resident Evil is one of the franchises credited with helping keep zombies alive and bringing it back to life in the West. Yeah, and that also helped uh, in helped bring about and inspire the Fast Zombies that came out. Yeah. Yeah, the video games, I I briefly looked at it, but I completely forgot to write anything about it, but partially because we'd be here forever. But yeah, no, zombies in video games, I mean, if you want about as least morally complex as possible enemy, I mean, the literal living dead are pretty, pretty good for that. They have They have no complex desires, so you're not hurting anyone's ideology, anyone's little feelings, uh, but... They're also, uh, you know, kind of unrepentantly evil in that they will eat you. 
for literally no reason other than because they are hungry. So yeah, no, zombie is kind of like the perfect enemy, and video games latched onto that, and, uh, well, they have not let him go. I mean, I will say that whenever I'm playing, uh, whatchamacallit, fantasy role-playing games, I always go for, like, zombies, skeletons, necromancers as my bad guys, just because it's, they're yes. evil. They're raising the dead. That's that's evil. <laughs> it, it's okay to beat the beat the yeah, crap out of them. There's, there's no moral complexity. They're grave robbers. They're people who have an unhealthy fascination with the recently deceased. They're digging up people. They're digging up I mean, gram. It, they're digging up Gram Gram, and making her and making her dance for their amusement. I mean, that is kind of a that is something to look into. Uh, you know the whole. Like adventurers fighting Graham Graham, <laughs> but I've never run into that. It's like the South Park episode where I don't even remember for what reason, but someone was like stealing corpses from the graveyard, and the police immediately go like, "Yeah, so uh, your loved ones have been exhumed and are being used for horrific uh, necrophilic acts." It's going to sound something like this. And they just start shoving their fist into a jar of mayonnaise. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because it's South Park. <laughs> and they have to demonstrate to people what's uh, being done to their loved ones. <laughs> oh, God. Uh. I feel like that wouldn't be as funny in context. Oh, it was a riot in context. <laughs> but, uh... Speaking of South Park... Zombies as a metaphor for societal problems. Uh, the episode where they made the homeless zombies was... Uh, that's probably actually one of my favorite episodes of South Park. They didn't... No, the homeless people didn't turn into zombies. No. People were acting like there being homeless people in town was the equivalent of a zombie apocalypse. To the point where they were shooting people for like, Oh no! They've, they're gonna turn! And they're sitting there besieged on the roof of a building because we can't make it through the hordes of them. We we in the West enjoy a plethora of zombie media. Movies, TV, video games, books, fan fiction. So much fan fiction. Yeah, the, the, the love affair with the zombie, especially in America... Because in America, you can have the, you know, kind of with the death of the Western, the zombie film has kind of risen to take its place. You know, the lone man or the lone group of, of settlers out there in the wilds, the dangerous wilds, beset on all sides by the armies of that are against civilization, trying to bring it down upon them. Are we going to talk about uh, The Walking Dead at all? Or are we just gonna completely ignore oh, fuck that? The Walking Dead. The first Absolutely. season. I'm not. I'm not saying we should. <laughs> the first season, of The Walking Dead, I liked. Uh, second season was decidedly inferior, but okay. And then I'm like, wait, there's more. The the graphic novel, the comic, because you know, what? yeah, the comic. Because I'm not gonna use the word graphic novel. Uh, not because I hate it, just because. We need to stop using the phrase manga graphic novel. We need to stop dividing up into 50 separate categories, alright? It's a comic book. 
But uh, yeah, that uh, I I did not get super into like The Walking Dead, especially like the other stuff. But yeah, the the first season matched tonally with the original comic, but since then they've completely diverged in like tone and also plot. I don't know. They've been pretty uh, they've been pretty consistent on the on the theme that humans are the real bad guy oh yes another one of my favorite things is just like a cancer uh in in the zombie genre humans are the real monster oh boy i love that one i i think probably the best view on my on, on this is i think in left for dead one of them i think maybe the second one there's graffiti on one of the walls where someone wrote, humans are the real monsters. Then someone scrawled below it, have you looked outside? <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of the reasons why I absolutely love uh, like Zombieland. Is, aside from, you know, the interpersonal conflict between the main characters, humans aren't the villains. It, it's it, originally in the second film, like there was supposed to be a human villain, but they ended up just throwing it away because, like, that's like stupid. No, the zombies are the greatest enemy because <laughs> you know, yeah, humans suck and humans are mean to each other and we do bad things. But aside from relatively isolated incidents, uh, we don't consume each other. And we especially don't consume each other still alive and kicking. But yeah, the I, I get it. How it, it, it fits, especially when you're using zombies as a metaphor, how it fits into the whole, you know, whatever metaphor you're going for. But, yeah. It, it, invariably... When people use humans being the real monsters as a trope, it usually is just an excuse to make a situation. It's not very dangerous because, you know, a, a zombie apocalypse would be defeated probably real easy in real life. Uh, it, it's just used to make the actual zombies a threat. Because if people weren't just total dumbasses, they'd be able to fix their problems and move on. Especially people who hide that they've been bitten. Oh my god. That is the absolute worst. I get it that like people are like, you know, selfish and don't want to be abandoned to die. But especially in situations like I don't remember what it's called. Possibly because I've purged as much of it from my mind as I can remember. But there's like the show on Netflix that's like a continuation prequel side story whatever to Zombie Nation which is already just dumb and awful uh, where I watched one episode and immediately quit because of how bad it was that uh, also has terrible examples or great examples of the dumb logic that is used in zombie movies but in that like the the woman's husband's been bitten and this is far enough into the zombie apocalypse 
to where like the military is setting up like checkpoints and is like scanning people for the virus before they head in and you have to show like uh paperwork like medical paperwork to show like oh yes i've not been bitten like i'm i'm safe i'm clean and these dumb motherfuckers still try and sneak their zombie infected husband past the military when this is a known quantity that these people turn into zombies and will start eating you and they still act surprised when he turns But yeah, that one is just... That's a real dumb one. Yep. Zombies are very cheap to make, I guess. Because you just, like, throw pork rinds on someone's face and put chocolate syrup in their mouth. And then boom, you have zombies. I'm only half joking. In Zombieland, uh, the blood and gourd they, that they used, it was literally a mixture of coffee powder and uh, chocolate syrup. They had the, the rule of thumb was... If it's not actively dripping out of your mouth, you need more. <laughs> but yeah, they're kind of cheap to make. Uh, as a plot device, it's pretty cheap to work with in terms of writing a setting and plot around it. So one of the reasons why it's so easy, or why you have a lot of, I mean, just I guess in general, you have a lot of B-horror movies. Put a dude in a mask, have him chase someone around for for like an hour and a half but yeah I guess this is an episode that we can actually end up on a happy note because uh, I, I mean just earlier this week I watched Zombieland Double Tap which came out two years ago but I mean so did like uh of the World and some other stuff. And they're also they're making a sequel to Train to Busan, which looks incredible. Uh the zombie film genre is not going anywhere. It's still it's still running strong. Uh still plenty of I mean I was going to say plenty of untread ground. I mean, it's zombies. Just <laughs> you can add them to anything and then suddenly boom, there's zombies. But yeah, zombie films, not going anywhere. Uh, not hard to make a good one. And they still make good ones. So, I mean, if, 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 if you know, this spooptober, if you want something scary, well, if you want something scary and don't have a broken fight or flight reflex like I do, then uh, watch some zombie films. Good times. Uh, until next time, I have been Eli. And I have been Lyle. And this has been Anime Stroganoff.